Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. In a while, topping the chart. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now, here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome into another youthful and flash episode of the Podcastianos. I'm your bro, Jordan Hall, and I'm joined by noted youth Eric Wayne. Eric, what's popping tonight? You all, you know all the hip, youthy logo or lingos, don't you? I, I as yeah. someone of, of a younger age, I, I do. Yeah, laugh it up. But the Tigers, uh, you know, we're we're going from bowel movement to youth movement. And that's exciting. <laughs> it sure is. So obviously, youth invasion on the show tonight. Uh, we'll get to the new era at Comerica uh, Park here in a moment. But first, let's start with the youngster of the moment, and that is one Fernando Tatis Jr. Eric, have you heard of him? I have, indeed. Um, however... You know, I'm I'm making a, a finger scraping motion to to display the shame that is to be heaped upon Mr. Tatis Jr. because he has done something horrible. And you know what that is? He's violated the sacrosanct unwritten rules of baseball. So Eric, you're a you're a man of advancing age. Mm. Are 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 you um does this tomfoolery upset you? Oh, oh heavens, yes. How dare one try their hardest to do good things for their for their team? You're supposed to lay down and not try anymore once you're ahead by what were they ahead by? It was six Seven, runs. Six, oh, six runs. <laughs> An insurmountable lead. You better roll over. Yeah. So for those who have no idea what we're talking about, A, get on Twitter. Uh, but B, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. had the gall to hit a grand slam on a 3-0 pitch. Oh, boy. Uh, up. Oh, it looks like seven runs. And he also swiped third up six runs last night. Um, oh, my gosh. Who cares? If you couldn't tell, I was being sarcastic. These are professional baseball players. This is not Little League. This is not high school. These are not college kids. These college These guys are paid sometimes good money to be good and play hard at baseball in all cases actually in this particular arena good money yeah and if he wants to you know thinking like thing thinking about things like arbitration negotiations and stuff the better numbers you have the more money you can make that's mathematics guess what if you can hit a grand slam if you have that capacity you do it did you see trevor bowers tweet to him no, he said something effect of the you know at Fernando, um, and he said you know keep keep swinging three zero, keep hitting grand slams, keep having fun, just don't apologize after it. Um, and yeah. I never thought that we'd get to that. I actually tweeted this today. Um, yeah. The weirdest part about 2020 is that Trevor Bauer has become like actually kind of a voice of reason in baseball. Yeah. I never sickening, isn't it? I've never sickening. thought we'd get there. Um, so who are you more irritated here with? Uh, Tatis's manager who saw the problem with it or with the Rangers manager who saw a problem with it? Well, the Rangers manager, you'd expect to be ornery about it, right? Because there's a guy on the other team. But why is why is his own manager being ornery and not having his back? That's so stupid. I get that he came 
from this is is it Jace Tingler? Is that the guy's name? <laughs> that is the it's name. A, it's a real name. I get I get that he came from the Rangers, but stop it. Have your guys back. And here's the thing. Be done with the unwritten rules. You want a bat flip? Bat flip. If you strike a guy out, fist pump. Live it up. You have that right. Like no other sport does they get their panties in a wad about post success celebrations is stupid. The thing is, like, I've actually thought about this. I have in my notes, like, like, are these ever going to die? The thing is, is how how do they die? The people that, you know, are carrying them out, like they are the retribution is to throw at the next guy. Like that's I don't see that ever changing. There's always going to they, be an old guard in baseball. And the, after this incident, they just what issued warnings. No, throw the guy out. He threw behind him as a retaliation for this home run. Throw him out. Suspend him for a month. Yeah. Yeah. I think, be done with it. I think what it comes down to for me is, like, if you're going to uh, retaliate, you should have to come up with a creative way to do it. Like, if you want to get back at somebody, like, get creative and then do that. I would be okay with that. But just throwing behind somebody, you know, it's played at this point. Yeah. If there's intentionality around that, and this there was, and this time there was, suspend the pitcher, suspend the manager, just be done with this retaliation beanball. Done. So sick of it. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Eric Wayne's Brain, and I actually just changed that in my notes. So as long as I'm Brilliant. reading it and not doing it off the dome, we should be okay going forward. And the show yeah. is at Podcastianos on the Instagram. Read, yeah. <laughs> on the Instagram, I am at Jordino Four. Eric is at Eric Wayne's Brain at Podcastianos. Facebook.com backslash Podcastianos, and we love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. And I've put this on Twitter the last couple of weeks. Uh, you can actually find the show, which, if you're listening to us, you probably are aware, on a lot of different <laughs> platforms. As I was yeah. continually looking, I'm like, oh, wow, we're on Spotify. When did that happen? I'm, yeah, I'm a Spotify guy. I, I only listen on Spotify. You it's and, so much better. Don't don't use iTunes. You and your bougie music applications. I yeah, yeah. I even have the fancy premium subscription. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Us, yeah. us peons will, will bow yeah. down and, and before you. I don't want to hang out with all the pores who have to listen to the advertisements. It's wrong. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Janos. Well, Eric, uh, since the last time we spoke, uh, things haven't gone hashtag well for our Tigers. Uh, it's been nine days since we've won a ball game, and in that time we've yielded roughly 1,001 home runs. Uh, where is your season excitement level at right now? You know, we talk about, we describe things as roller coasters sometimes, don't we? We do. Um, it seems like that, analogy is never more fitting than than right now because it was we were in first place we'd won four in a row everybody on twitter was happy we'd swept a team and then we plunge a plummet and every every loss after the next just it feels there's like this exponential kind of growth each loss feels worse than last for me anyway because i haven't reached the point of numbness <laughs> i should be graphing this this is really a graphical speech but yeah it's just the highs and the lows of it we went from oh yeah we're gonna play october baseball to tell me more about kumar rocker in like <laughs> five days yeah i i can't disagree with that um yeah my I feel like I was going into games for a while, like, all right, let's win to now I'm maybe a little bit back towards the, all right, let's see what kind of entertainment value tonight will bring. Yeah. And there has been precious little during this White Sox series. Well, there would be if you're a White Sox fan. I mean, they look good. They're exciting. They sure but, do. Uh, to try to. F yeah. I mean, with the kids up, that's that's been fun. Yeah. Let's. But we're a diminished team. That is. Very accurate. So um, has the arrival of the children made up for the lack of on-field success for you? Yeah, for me. I get excited about this. Like, they live-streamed Isak Paredes um, 
conference and i found it just fascinating i was in the ki- just kitchen watching it and just kind of glued to to that that was exciting and um just be able to watch in spanish and then hear him translate and stuff and just kind of see his attitude and responses fun that you know that's so good and then um Scooble and mize coming in together that, there's just a lot to be excited about although i did see a tweet i forgot who said it but they're like, you know how excited we are about Paredes? Well, the White Sox like, have four or five of these guys. And that get hit kind of hard for me. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is true, but that doesn't diminish the fun of having That's one. True. Like, you know, other, other teams are going to be good, too. We just have to enjoy the good bits of our team. But let's start right there tonight with the kids. Uh, Monday morning, we found out that fearless leader and noted um, genius Al Avila would be having a Zoom call about midday. You know, speculation ran run rampant between the announcement and when the call happened. Uh, but midday, we found out that not only would we be getting our boy Casey Mize, but also uh, Paredes and Tarek Skubal. And needless to say, I I was excited. I think you were excited. Yeah. Um, but in the process, Dowell Lugo was DFA'd. Uh, do you want to share one one? Dowell Lugo moment that will stick with you or is that wound still a little too raw I I, you know I'm sorting through all all so many of my favorite Dowell Lugo moments and mm, I just can't narrow it down you got one Hall I remember watching Dowell Lugo draw a walk in spring training not this year but last year and thinking (laughs) wow I'm one of the rare people that was in attendance to watch him draw a walk that's right (laughs) Poor Dowell Lugo. Like, the thing is, he was always, oh, you know, he might be a decent prospect or whatever, but he was never a top prospect, and we are never really a lot of excitement to see him, and he kind of came through, and when he came up, it's like, oh, yeah, probably, and then he never was exciting, and sorry, Dowell, but yeah. it just, it we didn't feel it. I think what it comes down to for, for Dowell is that he was... The, the situation that he was put into being the most piece. advanced piece, piece in the J.D. Yeah. Martinez deal put him in a, in a position that was always going to be difficult, difficult to succeed. Like, it wasn't a great return, and he was the most visible piece. He, yeah. Like you said, he wasn't a prize to any you know substantial level. So even if he had been okay, people would still have had higher expectations than what he delivered on, um, and he hasn't been okay, you know, to be quite frank. Yeah. So else we got Sergio Alcantara and we got Jose King for him too. King is still young. Like yeah. he was a baby when we got him. So it's hard to, hard to know. Um, Alcantara, Alcantara, you know, you know who I'm talking about. I do. Seems to be a very, very light hitting. Yeah. He, good I mean, he is prospect. a tiny, tiny individual. If he ever, he's a glove only shortstop. Yeah. Um, so let's jump in uh, to the actual calling up of the players. It's 19 games in. We had talked about 2025. Does the timing tell you anything uh, as far as these, these promotions, or is it simply down to having two available rotation spots? Well, I, I think it's the rotation spots. Like, we needed live bodies, and we need people to take the ball and pitch. And if you aren't going to the kids, who are you going to? Like you're running out of healthy humans that are on the the 40-man roster. Like I suppose you can shuffle things around and get whoever's today's version of Randy Wolf or whatever. But like that's that's no fun. And these guys are old enough. They can – I don't want you to think of it like being 20 games into the season. Think of it like being – it's late August. Like September call-ups would be soonish, right? Yeah. So people are thinking, well, it's kind of early in the season. No, it's not. It's late in a regular season. This might be the natural point to bring people up, but it just feels weird. Yeah. And because I, it, it's looking like Ivan Nova. I don't know that that injury is going to be long term. So I don't know yeah. that Scooble's stint in the rotation is going to be. He's long. the least stretched out, from what I understood, too. Right. Which it was just so. fine. Um, yeah. Don't don't get me down the Daniel Norris three innings is okay uh, rabbit hole. Ooh. We've done that too many times. Uh, but now that Casey Mize is here, he's not going back. Like this is 
But now we're I'm not watching the game, and you're half watching it. Now he's given up a run, one run. So. We're we're currently up three one uh, in the top of the fifth. Jamer hit a three run homer. Oh, so, is that right? A wall um, scraper to say the least. But there's no, it's very clear from watching Mize he has both stuff and pitchability, and that's that'll stick. He he will stick. I mean, Scooble's got stuff. Um, and the pitchability will, will come a little bit more as he maybe settles in. But um, I, I think both these guys are going to are going to make impacts for our club for, for a long time. Yeah, let's start. Let's start there with Scooble. Um, he had his his debut on Tuesday. If you're listening to the show, it'll be what, two nights ago. Uh, not the greatest debut, but we knew he was going to be on a pitch count. He ended up going yep. two innings, seven hits, four earned a walk and no strikeouts. Uh, I feel like there was even a different one strikeout. He had one strikeout. Oh, well, he had one strikeout. Um, I feel like there was even a difference in anticipation level with with Tarek versus w- uh, when Casey took the mound tonight. Like, I expect him to kind of take his knocks and continue to develop as he, you know, faces major league competition. Like, I think he's ready to compete at this level. Whereas, I think we all know that when Casey Mize came up he was going to be ready to succeed at this level. Does that differentiation make sense to you? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I'm not a big pitching analyst. I can't, I can't break it all down and mechanics and rotation and all that stuff. But from when I was watching Scooble, it seemed to be like, like he was babying it up there on some of his off speed stuff a little bit. It almost seemed like it was, yeah, I know lack of confidence is, cliche but it, it seemed like he was feeling it feeling his way through it a little bit instead of just you know striding and chucking yeah uh i i feel like this is using very basic terminology but it felt like he was overthrowing on his fastballs and underthrowing on his yeah stuff. yeah right. yeah he was trying to throw the fastball as hard as he possibly could and he was slowing down the off-speed stuff so much which i mean not, yeah. not that I threw at anywhere similar of a level as is these guys, but the I feel like when you're struggling with your off speed stuff, there is that tendency to try and really deliberate in your delivery, sure. and it it can essentially come across as trying to underthrow stuff, and that is of course when stuff backs up on you and doesn't move on you, and yeah. all of the things that happened to Tarek last night. Right. Yeah, I'm not claiming to be an expert, but it just something seemed a little bit off with it. So. Yeah, I I think that there is a world of potential there. Um, I don't know that he's going to become Randy Johnson, but hopefully he is a little bit better than Daniel Norris. You know, there's there's room in between, and I have a lot of high hopes for that. That young he's man. exciting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so let's jump back to uh, Isaac Paredes, and I, I know you want to discuss the pronunciation. I'll just let you go here. <laughs> So in the the pronunciation guide and hearing that shepherd and what's going around the conventional wisdom, it is Isak. Or maybe even three syllables, which would be Isaac. I don't even I, I can't like even that do would it. probably be Isaac. what I would understand of Spanish, which is yeah. obviously minimal. But when Alavila announced him, it was Isaac. And in the minor leagues, it's largely been Isaac. But I was uh, had a Twitter conver- a Twitter DM conversation with somebody close to the world of Tigers and and minor in minor leaguers, and it, it was a fascinating their take because um, how how do you navigate this? So there's different ways that you could do this. You could go straight up authentic pronunciation as best you can. The problem is a lot of announcers and none of us or a few of us are native Spanish speakers. So um, is it John Miller kind of tries this? He's the probably the best example in the big leagues of somebody who says, I'm going to try the authentic pronunciation in Spanish of this person's name. But that's you can't do that completely. The other is uh, the other option is a full on Americanization of their name. But, you know, that's not always good because you end up, you know, basically warping or distorting the person's name. The, their literal name, referring to them as Joe Jimenez, for example. Right, right. And sometimes that doesn't work. 
so now there's a couple other aspects of at play. What does the player prefer to be called? Are they willing to Americanize their name or not? Also, if you have a, a group of six Latino players and a minor league team, are you going to uh, Americanize or um, Anglicanize some of their names and not their not the others? How do you navigate that? Do do we have capacity to say some names more than others? Like, okay, Jorge, we can we can get around that. But a lot of people had trouble with Eugenio Suarez. Avisail. Avisail. Like, so, and some of these uh, minor league experts and uh, announcers up and down the business, they have a tricky business of saying, how are we going to, to say these people's people's names and be faithful both to them and people and Americans capacity to relate their names. Yeah. I don't know where you come down on this. I mean, it's, it's a little tricky. I feel like I, <laughs> this is going to sound very complicated, but I feel like I try to be as authentic as I can with the pronunciation. Cause I have a little bit of Spanish in my background while sure. simultaneously not being the person that says Barcelona because nobody likes that person. You know what I mean? Like, right. no, yeah, I don't know how to strike that balance and it's kind of just a name by name basis, but that's kind of how I try and do it. I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but I also don't want, I mean, this is their, their literal name. This is the, what they are referred to. There is Yep. like dignity in that you have to yes, uphold yes, that for sure um for what but, it's yes oh. so if sergio <laughs> alcantara alcantara comes up does it become sergio probably i, I mean he's I, never coming up so i think it's mood but <laughs> right but there's there's a number of names where you're trying to find that that middle way you know for what it's worth i think i saw an emily walden tweet sometime in the last couple of days that says that it's just a standard isaac and I typically yeah. trust what she says. Um, well, that's what it has been. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but this is like, this is a little bit of the Mike Stanton business. You remember Mike, it was Mike Stanton. Well, then he prefers Giancarlo Stanton. Okay, well, that's what it's going to be then. I mean, we've corrected some other names sometimes too as they've ascended into the big leagues. And, you know, it's maybe because they've gotten... Uh, an unfair shake lower down. Maybe people saw his name and said, Oh, that looks like Isaac. I'm going to call him Isaac. And now he says, you know, no, I prefer my name is Isaac. And so, or a more authentic pronunciation. So I, I think it's fair for players to ask and request how they'd like their names. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's unreasonable for, for broadcasters to try and try and figure that out on their own. Other, right. uh, otherwise, I'm not calling out Emily. I mean, Emily, maybe that's what it, what he preferred at the time or what it was agreed to. But things change, too. So, yep. Um, and I feel like as players go up the ladder, they probably feel like they have more leeway to speak yeah. up on such such things. As a single A player, you're probably uh, just going to be like, yeah, that's it. As a big leaguer. you want to call me boss is yeah. what I'll say. Yeah. All right, let's talk about him on the field. Um, he's reached base tonight, but coming in tonight, uh, one for seven with that two RBI single in his debut. He's also walked and struck out. Um, he feels like he's already turning in some of the smartest at-bats of any player we yeah. have in the lineup. Yeah, I'm not worried about him. From what I've seen, his approach is good. He's got good vision. He knows the strike zone. All those things that are kind of reported, I've, I've seen. He hit us. He hit a sack flaw. I mean, he's he's making good contact. I'm not worried about him as a big league hitter, even though he's pretty young yet. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think just like with Casey Mize, he is seasoned enough that I I don't really see him going back, especially with Crone being out for the year formally now. Yep. And, and I, I think it, it's, this is one of the, the rare cases where I feel like 2020 in the, in the weird COVID season is actually going to pay dividends because otherwise we never would have had, uh, Isaac, I, Isaac Paredes up for <laughs> an extended run of time, but because that it's this weird 60 game season, all of a sudden, yeah, sure. Let's, let's throw him in the mix and, and see what happens. And yep. he's only going to come out better for that. I don't, I don't see any way around that. Well, you know, they talked about the alternate training site and some of the patterns and routines they get got into facing the same people all, all the time. I can only see this big league experience as a bonus for their development, not a hindrance for these guys. I get the confidence thing and everything, but spending a month plus in the big leagues 
has to assist in your growth. Yeah, and honestly, I think even in confidence. Like, I don't think anybody is hanging out yeah. with, you know, Miguel Cabrera and seeing all these other guys on a day-to-day basis and, like, feeling less of themselves. I feel like being around confidence always breeds confidence. Yeah. I mean, just a personal <laughs> sociological observation. Um, well, well, and Casey Mize was the first overall pick. He's probably got more pressure dinking around in the minor leagues and trying to figure out, you know, trying to get up there than just being up and able to say, okay, this is what I was intended to do. Now I can just do my thing, you know? Exactly. Um, so let's, let's move on to Casey. Uh, obviously his first start is in progress. Um, but what, what have you seen out of the, out of the young man so far? Well, I haven't seen it. All. I listen to the radio. Dan and Jim were super impressed. Um, you know, it, it's obvious we've known he's had uh, poise and good stuff and the complete package. You don't go one overall because you're a chump. Yeah. Um, my my favorite part was watching the no hitter when he was first calls up, called up to the um, Sea Wolves. That's been my favorite mize moment getting to watch i watched some of that game that was a lot of fun that's exciting yeah the so far he, let's see he has he's gone four and a third six hits two earned seven strikeouts um the the strikeouts have been really impressive he he finishes guys i feel like we've had a lot of guys over the last i don't know five years who have really good stuff and have a hard time getting like getting people out which obviously is a pretty key component of being a pitcher. Yeah. When he has two strikes on you, it is lights out because he has a couple different pitches he can put you away with. And that, wow. spl- that splitter is just something special. I, I feel like, um, you know, Roger Clemens used to have that, like, Mr. Splitty that basically had its own yep. personality. I feel like <laughs> I feel like we're not going to have uh, – we're not going to be able to get away from, from the splitter's personality w- with Casey. Um, and four and a third innings? If he quit right now, that constitutes a dynamite start for the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, his pitch count is only at 72. Like he's, it's, he has, has the potential to add on to that. All right. So uh, let's move on to the, the White Sox series. Uh, Just Roof Stoof in general. Um, Boyd, first starting of of the series. Uh, He got things rolling by allowing back to back homers to lead off the game. Forget this, the second straight start. Um, I don't have stats in front of me, um, and by that I mean I, I didn't do the research. I can't imagine that's very common. That has to be a pretty rare feat. How do you feel you're, that that fir- first batter hits a dinger off you, and you're like, oh, no, here we go again? And then the second batter, what does that do to a man's brain Okay, so so once again, this is this is in the mind of a very low level pitcher. But I would almost rather give up a solo homer than like a leadoff double. I feel like a leadoff double oh, okay. leads more towards a big inning. If I le- give up a solo homer to start the game, I'm thinking, all right, fresh, you know, one run, it's on the board, nothing you can do about it. Now go. When you give up that second home run, then you know all bets are off. And fortunately, in my mediocre career, I never had that. But yeah, that that would be a, wh- a whole different thing. I feel like that would be instantly rattled when they go back to back, and then add on to it. Well, didn't this happen to me like five <laughs> days ago? I don't want to. I don't want to dog on Boyd too much. He gives up home runs. We all give up home runs. Yeah, uh, yeah. seven him a lot. Him yeah. him a lot. Um, so, do you see this series? I mean, obviously, we're we're kind of the the Cinderella turning back into the pumpkin. But do you see this as more uh, structural issues or just running into an absolute buzzsaw in the White Sox? I think this is kind of the the coming out of some of these young White Sox hitters. I mean, we've heard for a long time, like, oh, yeah, the White Sox farm system or whatever is is so amazing. And uh, like I said earlier, okay, we're excited about uh, Isak Paredes, but yeah, they have like four or five guys who are as good or better. And that's kind of sobering. My friend, my friend, my friend, Brandon is a a huge White Sox fan. And um, a couple of years ago or whatever, they uh, got Luis Robert. He's like, yeah, this is the guy. He's like, remember this name. He's going to be a monster. He's going to crush everything. And Brandon may be right. 
So, um, you know, as some of these guys develop and come up, they got Tim Anderson, uh, Jimenez, Robert, Moncada, and like guys like Mendick have been playing good. Who's you know, Jimenez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, they, they have a nice little, uh, cluster yeah. of, of guys there. I feel like they have the rebuild that we thought that like that we envisioned for ourselves. Obviously hoped for, yeah. they had pieces to trade and that that certainly helps with your rebuild but um yeah they're a little bit further along in theirs than, than yeah. we are um, it's just more it's more more quality guys right now and can you imagine if they hadn't traded fernando tatis jr for james shields that would they would be a better team i feel relatively confident in saying hmm. yeah i don't follow the league at large as much as i just follow the tigers but yeah that seems like maybe a miscalculation. Yeah. I mean, when you when you can add an arm like James Shields to your roster, you have no choice. Ouch. Ouch. All right, let's move on to your power rankings. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Power rankings. I got to tell you, I'm getting a little lazy, all. Uh, this is the second week I'm taking a suggestion for power rankings. I don't think there's any any harm in that if it's, it's a too good shameful. suggestion. Okay. I'm also pandering to North River Vodka. Our friend uh, Chris is uh, trying to move some vodka, and we're here to help him. Absolutely. Uh, did you see that the uh, – I, I don't know. It was the government – whatever government health department uh, issued recommendations that men should have no more than one alcoholic beverage per day. I didn't, I didn't see that, but I guess it's good that people are looking out for the health of our men. That's good. That's good. So um, alcohol has a strange relationship with Americans in America. So uh, I enjoy the occasional alcoholic beverage. But I also respect and uh, appreciate people who choose not to partake. That that is also a wise decision. So I'm 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 promoting or I'm sharing the top seven and bottom three drinks to make with vodka, with the caveat that maybe don't. And uh, <laughs> this is for. Listeners who are 21 years of age or older, okay, should so, have should have to have that button click. Yeah. Yes, I am over 21, like they have <laughs> on right. some of the the moonshine place websites down in Tennessee. <laughs> like like that little button has stopped anyone in the, their life. I'm guessing. Okay, so uh, vodka drinks, not sponsored, but you know encouraged by North River Vodka, uh, Michigan's true spirit. Okay, um, <laughs> number seven is the martini now most of the time you might think this is higher it's a classic drink but i hate olives i don't want olives so a vodka martini would be vermouth and vodka obviously but i don't want the olive if i want either want no garnish or an onion no yeah they have little cocktail onions i could do that but i hate olives so i'm i'm definitely an alcohol novice is that a is that a cooked onion what like what kind of what kind? What form is this onion in? It's like a little. It's like a little pickled onion, oh, and they put it on us. Yeah, I could go no garnish. I can't imagine garnish. any scenario where I think, yeah, a pickled onion that would be good. Like literally, no scenario. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's fine. Uh, this would be a good use for North River vodka. It's kind of got that, you know, 
it's a potato vodka, so it's kind of earthy and, you know, um, got a lot of interest to it. So show, make yourself a martini and, you know, do your do your best Bond impression. It's a classic drink. So speaking of uh, on this, I've heard that a true martini is always stirred and not shaken and that he Correct. he yeah. does that the opposite way because he's James Bond and he just does what he does. Well, it's the cliche for his, you know, personality or whatever. But no, you should never shake a martini. You should always stir a martini. All right. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, number six is a screwdriver, which is just juice, typically orange juice and vodka. Sounds lazy. It's super lazy. Yeah. You're just putting booze in juice. It's, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg had gin and juice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's. It's vodka and, and orange juice. Is that, that the rap back when you were a kid? <laughs> it kind of was. <laughs> Ouch. Um, number five is also juice and vodka, and that, but that's it's a vodka, vodka cranberry. Now, maybe men would be a little ashamed of, of drinking a vodka cranberry because it's like pink or red and, you know, fragile masculinity and all. But... I would drink a vodka cranberry. It's a it's a plenty good drink. It's also called a Cape Cod. Ooh, fancy that sounds that. real bougie. Um, so uh, let me get into this. As as previously stated, I'm I'm an alcohol novice. Why is there such a stigma around men drinks and women drinks? Like I just oh, I, I don't necessarily get it. Like I don't get it at all either. Okay. Like yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Like if you want a sweet drink, have a sweet drink. If you want to have a, you know, hoppy drink, have it, you know, just you do you. Yeah. Like I, I'm trying to put it into my world, which would be coffee. Like yeah. it would be like the difference between a Frappuccino or black coffee. Like they're both the same thing, essentially, yeah. like just different forms. Yeah. Coffee does not care about your gender. It's fine. <laughs> um, number four is a, a Tom Collins. A Tom Collins is uh, like a little bit of it's vodka, obviously, uh, a little bit of lemon juice, uh, some simple syrup to kind of sweeten it up a little bit, uh, and then some club soda. It's kind of a beach lemony beach drink. Dang, that's, that's nice. That's, that Tom actually Collins? sounds sounds complicated. You gotta have like it's, a recipe no, for that. It's four ingredients. I don't. I didn't even mention a Long Island iced tea, which has like seven or eight ingredients but does anyway. anyone ever make slash drink those if it takes that much effort not at home that's like you get it at a bar or so let someone else do the work yeah for yeah. sure gotcha yeah. okay it's like lasagna nobody's making home lasagna you get it at a you know you put it you take it out of the freezer and get stofers yeah, yeah. let stofers do the work um number three is a vodka tonic um kind of just uh the tonic, you have to have a good quality tonic. The tonic makes all the difference for a nice vodka tonic. But then you got to have the, the lime garnish. This is real nice on a warm, warm summer day. It's um, it's not oversweet. It's interesting. Uh, it's refreshing. Um, it's it's a vodka tonic. It's good. Simple. Um, number two, you might have heard of, is a white Russian. I have heard of it. This is uh, big related to the movie The Big Lebowski. He always drank White Russians. White Russians to me is a nice sweet like after meal or late night drink. The vodka, the coffee liqueur, and a little bit of half and half or cream. Whatever you have lying around. So it's essentially just a boozed up coffee drink. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds you know, like the drink I would drink. Kahlua, booze, and some cream of some sort. Mix it up with ice. Boom. All right. Good. Now, normally you don't mix creamy things in ice, but this time just go for it. Don't ask questions. I'll try not to. Okay. The number one vodka related drink is, you have a guess? I don't really know any other. So, no. Okay. The number one is the Moscow Mule. (laughs) That sounds fun. It is fun. It's my favorite vodka drink. It's got uh, vodka. The key ingredient is ginger beer. Ooh. It's ginger beer. You'll get carded for trying to buy ginger beer wherever you go, but uh, it's non-alcoholic. It's like a fancy root beer, but it's a it's the essential ingredient in the Moscow Mule. So uh, ginger beer, vodka, and then you have to have some freshly squeezed lime juice. So you have to have some limes around. You mix it up. It's got its own special mug. 
that's optional. But if you want to really bouge it up, you need the the copper mug. Ooh. Yeah. And it's a delicious drink. Uh, summer, it's good for, or basically any time. We drink a lot of these. It's Moscow Mule. That's number one. I'm learning a lot tonight. I, I won't lie. Yeah. Going out to a bar ever, maybe someday, you'll know what to do. <laughs> um, the bottom three, um, the th- the third from the worst is Red Bull and vodka. <laughs> now, this got a lot of activity during my college years. This is a college staple because you want to party. You want to have that energy, but you also want to be inebriated. So the vodka, uh, Red Bull and vodka, satisfies. So both it's almost of those like, it's like a compromise. It, yeah, it it's probably not healthy for you. So I have it's a probably co- going to wreck you. This is a little bit unrelated to your power rankings, but I do want to discuss this with you because I feel like you of all people uh, would be a, a good sounding board here. Have you ever met somebody who just casually drinks Red Bull? I feel like everyone no. I've ever met that drinks Red Bull, either you know they don't drink it at all, or it's like three quarters of their life. Yeah, right. You don't have an occasional Red Bull because it tastes like butt. It doesn't taste good. Like like this is why it's low on my list. I it's it doesn't taste good by itself. That makes like, sense. And also the people I know uh, have like the dollar store energy drinks or monsters or whatever like red bulls too expensive for them so they'll 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 slum it up a little bit and drink you know fuel or nitrous or whatever their names are yeah i wonder i wonder you know they always talk about the the covid counts i wonder the the monster counts how many lives have been taken at the hands of the <laughs> the green devil the big joke is someday we're gonna, there's going to be a huge class action lawsuit after we find out it gives you, you know, nodes on your liver or something like that. Yeah, name your own disease. Yeah. All right, I'm done. C- carry on. Okay. Uh, number two from the worst is the Greyhound, which is grapefruit juice in vodka. I, I'm not into grapefruit juice. I, To be honest, I didn't know that grapefruit was something that we juiced. Oh, you can juice anything. <laughs> well, I'm I'm aware of the 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 physical concept. I just didn't know that's something that we did. Yeah, we do. We uh, we do, we should not. Grapefruit. It's why don't you just have battery acid in vodka? Tip that back. That's no, a, grapefruit. That's a, it's noxious. Did I tell you about the dude that we flew next to that had brought a grapefruit as his plane snack? And he's just <laughs> over there next to us, peeling this grapefruit. How do you? Come on, it's man. Like, glitter or coronavirus like how do you contain that you it's don't it was all over, over. us it was the, yeah. it was the living worst needless it, to say that that man uh he had what was coming to him after yeah it, you need to put a mask around his fruit while he's peeling that thing or just bring a normal food like chips <laughs> there's an idea yeah don't don't eat a grapefruit on a plane okay number one worst vodka drink is a bloody mary bloody marys are like tabasco and tomato juice and a celery stalk and vodka and i don't know some other stuff i don't want tomato juice i don't want a savory drink sounds disgusting it's almost up there with like the clamato stuff i don't want tomato booze bloody mary sounds awful i'll never have one that's power rankings Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. Yeah, that sounds terrible. All right, nothing on the side of the road this week, so I brought back the uh, game Fire Takes from Below the Line. Uh, this, is, of course, is the, the interesting takes that people comments. have in the comment section below yeah. articles. All yes, right, please. the first one comes from a Bless You Boys article uh, about calling up Mize, Scoobal, and Paredes. Dennis chimes in with starting their clocks on a lost season management at its finest. We've had half of the people saying, why can't we get them up? Why can't we get them up? We, they finally come up and you just can't satisfy all the Dennis's out there. Yeah. A lot of Dennis's. A lot of Dennis's. Next one is an ESPN graphic on Facebook announcing that the uh, champions league final teams, which would be of course, PSG and Bayern Munich. Ed says after this, I wish the winner would play the MLS champion Portland Timbers to see who really is the best in the world. 
it gets better. MLS quality has been rivaling the European leagues for the past few years, and we really haven't had a chance to silence the critics. Timbers versus Bayern or PSG would be epic. This is like some uh, north, central, southwestern, uh, um, you know, Idaho saying, we want Bama. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what it is. You know, South Tallahassee School of the Blind. We want Bama, you know. I don't know much in this world, but I know that that match would not be epic. Yeah. Um, all right. And the last one, uh, it comes from the Tigers own Twitter or excuse me, Facebook page. Uh, and it's a, a Casey Mize welcome to the show kind of gif graphic type deal. First one is Tim saying just once I'd like to see a debut from a Tigers rookie where he dominates the other team seems to happen all the time when the Tigers have to bat against another team's pitcher making their debut. Yeah, it would be great to have one of our guys just go out there and absolutely dominate. I don't know that that was a comment worth making. I'm kind of empathetic. I'm sympathetic to Tim because the point that he made in the second half of that post kind of kind of happens. It is true. And it would be nice for us to have that experience. But it, maybe we should have our pitcher face our team. Yeah. We should, yeah, we should have paid attention during those inter-squad games. Yeah, if we could have had Casey debut against some terrible team, that probably would have like the bode well for his debut, yeah. yeah. Uh, next one comes from Kevin. He says, roll tide, brother, watching from Bama today. Oh, Kevin, so close. He's from an Alabama school, but it's not the University of Alabama. Ah, War Eagle is that, the That would be the correct guy. one. Uh, and this last nice one try. is from William. It simply says, just play baseball. <laughs> not, thanks, thanks, William. not having any of this social media tomfoolery. Here's the thing, William. Um, Casey wasn't the one that made this graphic, nor was he one that posted it. Gardy, he didn't make the video. He didn't post it. There, there's actually separate people uh, that take care of, of the Facebook needs. Um, so you don't actually have to worry about Casey and, and the team's you know, attention being divided. You know, maybe it should be that way. Like players are responsible for, you know, preparing the food before the game for the for the the vendors. You know, they have to sell the super ropes and the popcorn if they're not, you know, currently in the game. Like, you know, like Division three or minor league kind of stuff. You you have to post your own hype gifts. I feel like we'd get to see the personality of the players more. I I don't hate that. Yeah. Earn that paycheck. All right, let's move on to Twitter questions. So many t- Twitter questions. We're going to have to go. I didn't screen these, so we're getting all of them. We might have to kick some out. They're going in reverse chronicle order. Chronicle order? Chronological order. Just got real weird up in here. If I can't read, it's going to be a long Twitter questions. All right, here we go. Be, be patient with me. Jordan Brenier. Brenier? I'm, Brenier. I, I always assume French. Jordan Brenier asks, why did Hall leave the beautiful Traverse City, Michigan? I never saw him at the T.C. Meyer, but like to think he was there with me on biweekly Saturday afternoons. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we did. We left Traverse City because it's outrageously expensive to live there. I mean, that's kind of the long and the short of that. Um, And yeah, uh, I, I was with you there in spirit. And I have to say, I, I gave the Traverse City Meyer a lot of crap. I even referred to it as the bad place, um, which is the good place on NBC's version of hell. Um, but I, I should be fair to the concept of Meyer in general. We have a Meyer down here, and it's a completely Better. different experience. Yeah. It is a pleasure shopping there. Um, so I feel like I should should make, make amends with the Meyer overlords um, that it, it is actually... Uh, a pleasant experience down here. Still no Martins, but, you know, can't be the best. I've, I've told you this a number of times. Like, the Traverse City Meyer is unique because it's the busiest one. It's the worst In one. the whole of Meyer. Yeah. I'll never it's understand, but fortunately I never have to now because it is in my past. Yep. John Gamble at Gambombs asks... Seems a bit self, self-absorbed. Does, does Jim Leland still wander the hallways behind the dugout with his scritchy spikes and wafting extra tar Marlboros, arguing that with himself about how to appropriately cuss Gardy out. I don't know that he would cuss Gardy out, but yeah, I could see him just kind of wandering around back there. I guess that's what 
consultants or what special advisors do. Yeah, they just they just wander. No, I see I see sure. Leland and Gardy being cut from a similar cloth. I don't think they're cussing each other out. In, right. Except for in like the you so and so kind of way, like that yeah, old banter. guys do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You old fart sniffer, you or you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say. Old guys have their own language. <laughs> um, Lawn Steak Ball asks, "Was I the only person who didn't realize it was pronounced Isak? We kind of talked about this. We think there might have been a shift." Yeah, but it is Isak. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, the third baseman playing on the right side of the diamond. Hard shift. Yep. Yeah. Chief Broom asks, "What is your best memory at a ballpark for each of you?" Ooh, that's a good one. Um, for me, it was maybe the um the Weaver Carlos Guillen game. It doesn't get much that better was, than that. That was a fun game. Um, but I I just have a lot of like warm memories at the ballpark too. Just like sitting on the berm and spring training and and that kind of stuff, where nothing interesting in the game is particularly happening, but the the ambiance and the company is is nice. Um, so I've I've had a couple games with with my dad at down at Comerica. Um, we saw Jim Tomey hit his either five hundredth or six hundredth. It was one of his a lot of home runs we saw him hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say maybe the most meaningful at this point in my life is I actually had a friend that died of cancer a couple of years ago. And when we were in mm-hmm. college together, we stayed, there was, uh, it was tigers and Rangers. And I want to say we stayed like 13 or 14 innings and there was a rain delay mm-hmm. during the mm-hmm. game. Um, so we were there, I mean, five, six, like it was, we were there a long time together. Um, and by the end we were essentially like right behind the tigers dugout because yeah. we were the only people there. Sure. Um, and I'll never forget. So apparently back in the day, if you volunteered to be a designated driver or that you weren't going to drink, they would give you a yep. free pop coupon. Sure, um, yeah. and we went to, I think all four of them in the stadium because my friends loved the idea of just getting free stuff. Like, you know, we didn't drink four pops, but he, we absolutely had to hit all four of them because <laughs> that w- there was the opportunity for that much free stuff. Um, so, yeah, that that's probably my most meaningful uh, Comerica Park memory at this point. Well, you know, it's, isn't it funny, like the little random stuff that happens or the people that you're with make make a big difference. So that's that's the memorable stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Evan E. Witty 88 asks. I'm a Tigers fan that lives in Cleveland and is married to a diehard Indians fan. Is there any hope for me? Uh, I try and be positive, but no. No. no Find a good lawyer. Yeah. Nope. Um, yeah. I'm assuming not only an Indians <laughs> fan, but also, you know, a state of Ohio enthusiast, which like, I, I don't think there's any getting around that. Okay. Here is the hope for you. By living in Cleveland, you're not in the blacked out area. So you can get the tigers on mlb tv and and then listen to the radio broadcast with the with the video all right that is the hope for you all right you're in that regard you're doing better than the rest of us helping you here to help uh trevor van three asks you have matt shepherd announce one major day of your life what are you choosing Ooh, that's a tough one I feel like there's there's a lot of like so my main takeaway from Shep right now is that he gets really loud at moments that don't need to be loud and you have to figure out what it's okay to have that like insert that into a situation and I I don't know that's it's a really tough one I'm picking like December 20 December 21 because that's the shortest day of the year Plus, it would be weird Sorry, just to have somebody narrating. Like that's yeah, that's not normal. Sorry, Chef. Love you, Chef. Um, let's see. David Bratz, Detroit fan in DFW, Detroit uh, Fort asked, Wayne or uh, Dallas Fort Wayne. Dallas, I'd assume that makes sense. Yeah. Here's a question: While trying to stay awake, listening to Gibby Morris, Petrie, and Simo, what is what is Curtis Granderson doing, and why can't he be the color guy on the Tigers broadcast? a good question i mean in theory he he is out there i don't i don't know if he has any sort of other profession just because we don't see him doesn't necessarily mean that he's not active professionally somebody asked us last week where uh cameron mabin was and like we don't we don't know we don't have the ankle bracelets on these guys they could be together for all we know 
yeah, they're hanging out together, practicing their broadcasting. So when he gets the call, ready to go. I could see I could see Cam do, doing a little broadcasting after. He seems like both an intelligent yeah. and um, vivacious vivacious guy. I'd listen to him. Yeah. Uh, the bottom line is there's there's room for um, improvement. Improvement. That was the word that came to my mind as well. Michael Litzner asks of Romine Crone and Scope. Who would you like to see the Tigers sign to an extension into 2021 and or beyond? This is tough, not because they're not good, but it's tough because I'd, I'd want all of them. I would, I would too, actually. Like none of them play in a position that we have an immediate replacement for. Like I don't, I don't think Torkelson is is starting the year at the big club next year. Ro, uh, Romine, you know, they they rave about what he's been doing for the pitchers, and Scope has been our best player. Like those are your three. Yeah, you got to pick one. Which one are you taking? Uh, give me Romine. I'm a sucker for pitching. Right. But because even if his bat slides a little bit, you still need a, a, a good defensive catcher and you still need a backup like, you know. Yeah. But Crone plugged a gap for us that was really good, although it is a little easier to find power third baseman. But um, so I when I first saw this question, I thought Crone because he's been good. But the more I thought about it, the more he'd probably be last. I'd probably say. Scope the, Scope's probably the best bad of that group. So, I don't know. Scope, then Romine, then Crone, I guess. All right. For me. I don't know, though. Uh, I'd take them all. I, I, with, in a heartbeat, yep. Todd Fink asks, overheard on tonight's broadcast, nothing new, but I think Jim is, oh, uh, I think Jim is done. Would you like to see Dan work alone going forward or with a partner? Um... Yeah, what do you think? Dan I, Dickerson, does he need a partner? I, I don't think he needs a partner, but I, I've there are very few announcers that aren't made better with a competent partner. I mean, it would all depend on who it is. But no, I don't I don't necessarily think that he would want to work alone. It just seems lonely to me. Yeah. 162 nights a year? Like, yeah, I don't Yeah, you need somebody there just to, you know, make listening sounds or say, oh, yeah, once in a while to round it out, if nothing else. Granderson. Dan could do it. Dan's amazing. Yeah. Oh, no, no doubt about that. But yeah, any. Yeah, Curtis. Yep. Tim in the North asks, you're driving from Lakeland to Michigan with Daniel Norris in his van. Why, why are we doing this? Okay. I do Got it. it Tim. It's a hypothetical. I don't, I don't care. I'll do it. The van breaks down in the middle of nowhere where during a freak during a freak spring blizzard, you have to huddle together for warmth to survive the night. Who gets to be the big spoon? <laughs> I feel like Daniel has little spoon written all over him. I feel like he yeah. would he would want to be cuddled, which is fine. I do it. This Some... requi- this question requires a lot of like security in your your masculinity and your, you know, all this <laughs> enjoyable, this? enjoyable. Um, well, you know, couldn't we just, couldn't we just lay near each other? Mm-mm. I mean, if you, if you need to be comfortable, with if you need to huddle together for warmth, somebody has to be the big and somebody has to be the little, I could see you guys fighting over being little. If I'm, if I'm <laughs> being honest, I don't have big spoon energy. No, I don't get that from either of you. No. Ouch. Okay. I, I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> Gardy has some serious big spoon energy. So big spoon energy. Got it. Uh, Mr. Brightside C slot 88 asks, which current or former tiger do you think would make the best Remax agent? I think it'd be Andy Dirks. Obviously. Andy Dirks. <laughs> I think, I think he's a Keller Williams agent. Oh yes, man. He is a real estate agent. Just shout so. it out the rival. Sorry, Andy. I can see Inge having a successful real estate career, too, especially in this state. For sure. Uh, Mitch from Michigan asks, I got a request and a question. Request is I'd like a power rankings list of famous people that are Detroit Tigers fans. Do you think I could come up with 10? I mean, you might be able to come up with 10 people who have Michigan ties, but I don't know that we could tie well, 10 people to the Detroit Tigers. Right. Like, uh, what is it? J.K. Simmons? Or yeah. The, the guy that's the old guy in like every movie and the show. The Farmers yeah. commercial. You know, the dude from the Seven Nation Armies is. Uh, oh, Jack White? 
Yeah, he's a big Tigers yeah. fan. I bet I could come up with ten. Probably, I'll work on that. Probably won't, but you probably could. I could. You just BS a couple of the ones at the end. It's fine. Eminem, uh, huge Tigers is, fan. What's that? Eminem, huge Tigers fan. Yeah, for sure. Um, my question is, who would be a better baseball player between Garth Brooks and Chris Gaines? Are you familiar with this? No. Okay. Garth Brooks was – you're probably not old enough to realize how dominant in the music industry Garth Brooks was for a while. I mean, it was crossover appeal. He was huge. And part of his downfall was he created this alternate persona that would be like pop star that was called Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines is Garth Brooks, but it was like. This was a Miley Cyrus situation. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. But the Chris Gaines thing like never worked. And this was before people were like developing alternate personas or doing any of this stuff. And he kind of lost his country core because of some of this and everybody made fun of him. That's good. I feel like when you do something like that, the natural result should be people making fun of you. Yeah. Well, people are so mean. Um, you so, know what? And sometimes they're justified. Let's be honest. Let's no, let's bring back, back Chris Gaines. I want some more new Chris Gaines music and he'd be a better baseball player. That's the answer. Moving along. Moving along. What was that question, Mitch? Who's the better baseball player? Why did I include that? I don't know. I thought it was fun. You gave me some backstory. It seems like a lot. You taught me about the olden days. Ouch. That was Garth Brooks. Yeah. It seems so. Do you, do you have friends in low places? I have. Heard, I have hit. heard that song. That one I, I do. Know. Everybody's heard that song. That was a monster hit. It's not, it's not a good song, but I have heard it. It's it's simple. It works and people can sing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Duffy, Matthew J. Duffy asks, is it helpful to criticize massacre and boo players? Cough. Matt Boyd, JV, a few years ago when they are struggling. What does that achieve? Are Tigers fans more fickle than other fan bases? Uh, no, all fan bases are extremely fickle. I think that's uh, uh, yeah. I think that's an across the board. What does it achieve? It makes the person doing the heckling feel better. I mean, I think that's does it? Does it though? I mean, I, it lets them. It lets them get some vent. Energy out. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It obviously doesn't help anything. I, I don't know if that needed to be asked, but um, no. <laughs> uh, we are. We are typically. I don't want to speak for you, Hall, but we are typically anti-booing yeah, and anti-heavy criticism. Agreed. Everybody's trying hard. Yeah. The only the only thing I would boo would be like Liverpool or Man City. Like even even the Tigers. Like we don't have a specific rival in the Central, but I wouldn't boo anyone else in the Central. I wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't even boo Ohio State. Like might boo, might boo I, Michigan not, State, but not, no one on my own team for sure. I I booed Jim Joyce when he I made. I'd boo umpires. That's that's a little bit different. But I haven't. I don't think I've ever booed. Well, the, the only thing I'd boo is like bad behavior, not bad play. Like if somebody does something dirty, I would boo. Okay, I could see that. What about uh, flipping double birds to your own fans? I don't know. If I, I don't think I'd boo somebody for that. It's a little frustrated, you know. What's his face, Collins? Yeah, I mean that was the, that was the reference there. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm generally anti-boo. And here's the thing: if a player does bad, you know what's more hurtful to them than the booing is they don't get to play and earn that money anymore. That's true. Like these things tend to sort them out, some sort themselves out, do they not? They do. Like bad players get demoted. And truly, cut. like we said, la like you said last week, if you're gonna boo and you want to do damage, you should be very specific and yell <laughs> an insult as opposed to just a generic boo. Yeah, gentle but devastating is yes. what we're after. Yeah. David Fleece Fleiss asks, which of the can't miss prospects would you be willing to use as trade bait for an impact hitter? Done. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm only considering the three pitchers as can't miss prospects, and I don't want to get rid of any of them either. I I, I agree. And I'm not agreeing just to for the sake of agreeing with you here. I uh, you know, you can find bats. Arms are very hard to come by. 
like if you woke up tomorrow and for some strange reason we traded Alex Fiedo for a major league third baseman or something like that, I'm fine. How with that. would you? I'm fine with that because I don't. He's not a can't miss guy. No, I. Okay, so let's let's take Torkelson out because he is also a can't miss. But I, the three can't misses for me are Mize, Scooble, and Manning. I don't see trading them before they get to the big leagues, even for hitting. Yeah, why would we right now? Yeah. I mean, we're trying to add guys like that, not to get rid of them. But if you can move a Fayetto or a Joey Wentz or something for a serviceable major league third baseman, yeah, maybe. Why not? I don't know, even that. Like, you'd have to be right on, you'd have to be wanting to put an October run together for some reason. And I can't see that. No. Let's be real. This is not going to happen. Let's okay, be real. that's it. That's we, we did it. We did all of the Twitter questions. I hope you're happy, people. We did it. So we're running a little long. Why don't we just get right out of here? If you want to get in touch with the show, you can. I am on Twitter at JordanHall23. Eric is at Eric Wayne's Brain, and the show is at Podcastianos. Also on Instagram and Facebook, and please leave us a review. That's how we know that you love us. Eric, any, and that's the only the only way. Uh, anything else to say to the people before we get out of here for the week? Yeah, we we went long because we felt we owed it to you after a short episode last week. We don't want to shortchange you because we love you. Yeah, definitely, and not because we're just long winded. Absolutely not. That was not the reason. It's heart. It's hearts for you. <laughs> that being said, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.